NHL Live. Sports time out. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Big voice guy, you almost get it right every week. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun, and the fellas. We have a roundtable of sports experts and enthusiasts ready to take on sports of the week. And got to say, I'm excited about this week, my friends. <laughs> it's playoff time for the NFL. There's some cool things happening in the NHL, and we've got some big sports stories to banter about. Thank you for being part of the fun. And remember, you can find us also at MyMichelleLive.com where we do stream live. And you can send your comments, let us know stories that you want us to cover. And maybe even, you know, once in a while we've had folks who have been uh, listeners join us on the show. So you can always recommend somebody. Let's, guys, uh, it is NFL playoffs, baby. I love this time of the year. Who else is excited? Come on. Come on. It's a real interesting year. The way <laughs> things have gone, and you, Brent actually mentioned that there's there are a couple guys that are still top tier, but look at the people in the playoffs right now. Jared Goff almost made it. I, he's not in, but thank you to helping get the Seahawks in. But Geno Smith, Brock Purdy. like We have a lot of guys that are just like, these are just going to be backups. Second or third tier type players, yeah. <laughs> yeah, these are not franchise level quarterbacks and and they're not necessarily that top tier s tier quarterback but pete carroll mentioned in the year when he was on the brock and shulk show for his pete carroll show every monday after the game that yeah this is how he always thought it should be it should always be about the entirety of the roster and building it all together and once again wow. pete carroll is has proven very right that a lot of points you know what good on you for mentioning it and good on Pete Carroll for talking about it. It's exciting, gentlemen, because we're getting back to football. It's not about just the $250 million star of the show. It really is about the team. And we love that. I think it's much more exciting than the star of the show and then their backup ensemble. I think there there is a direct correlation between this year's NFL season to what happened in the World Cup too. Germany getting knocked out, Belgium getting knocked out early. These were these were the ones that you thought were always going to be there in the deep rounds of the World Cup. In the same way, your Green Bays and your New England Patriots and the teams that the dynasties are not there. And I love that when you have sports, there's more parity and you just don't know what's going to happen from week to week. And it makes it, it, fun, it makes it fun too. Don't... I'm sorry. It makes it fun too that you have an underdog, <clears throat> and it always feels good when the underdog gets its gets its day and gets to bark in the show, right? You're going to see the Cowboys clinched a number five seed, and they're going to take on a Tom Brady, who's been undefeated against the Cowboys. But this weekend, Saturday, we're going to see the Chargers take on the Jaguars. We're going to see the Dolphins on Sunday take on the Bills, the Giants, and the Vikings. And for me, of course, being from Seattle. 
Seattle. That Seahawks 49ers game is going to be a big one, but boy, I was, I'm telling you guys, I want you to know how much I love sports. I was at the Seahawks game as they took on the Chargers. It was wet and I was colder than I have ever been <laughs> at a game. It, we're soaking wet. It is pouring rain during part of the game. The wind is blowing. In fact, it, you can't always tell when there is a field goal attempt just how the weather plays in from television. There's a little flag, if you pay attention, if you haven't noticed, a little flag that's on the posts so you can see where the wind blows. But just as the the in the final three minutes, going 4-3 to win the game, they missed the kick. But just as he kicked, a gust of wind, boom! <laughs> Really, I'm not kidding. We could feel it. You didn't see it. All you on television is, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he missed it. It was pins and needles biting your fingernails, and then the Seahawks win in overtime. But they had to rely on the Packers losing in order to make sure that they made it in for that wild card, possible wild card seating. So very pins and needles it was as exciting at the restaurant bar i was at near the stadium afterwards as it was packed with seahawks fans but that's the wherever you're from you don't have to be from seattle wherever you're from this is the exciting part the most exciting part of season for the nfl to me the cool thing oh go ahead the, the cool thing about that thing how it went down where the packers had to lose is that when the seahawks won they eliminated the Lions from playoff contention, and the Lions were the ones who had to beat the Packers. Yeah. And so that kind of made it, it, it was an exciting game to watch. And Brent, you had told me a story about what one of the Seahawks players who formerly was with the Lions. Tell that. Yeah, uh, yeah Quandre Diggs basically um, was in touch with some of his former teammates. The guys are still on the team from when he was there a couple of years ago. And told them you'd take them on vacation. They won Sunday night. So we'll see if he pull, if he does that and where they go. I was really unhappy with the way they the, that whole situation was scheduled out. Yeah. Because, Everything I mean, about the, the, the Hawks played in the afternoon, and you know, the Packers and Lions played in the evening, and the Lions would know before the game if they'd been eliminated or not. And with them being eliminated – only, the only motivation was eliminating the Packers. The Chargers and the Ravens being that that kind of messes up because the Chargers had nothing to play for. They yeah. lose to Denver. Our pick goes down. Like it felt like the entire NFL scheduling office was like, "How can we mess up the Seahawks as much as possible?" <laughs> and the early part of the day felt that way. But the season was but schedule was set before the season, wasn't it? No, oh, they no. always wait for the last week. They always wait oh. until the week before to schedule those games, specifically so this doesn't happen. Specifically, so teams have something to play for. And if there's competing games that, like, if these win, then these are out or whatever, that they happen at the same time. That is specifically the reason they give for not scheduling week 18 until week eight until the end of week 17. But if they really cared, they would do it like soccer does it. Uh, the, yeah, like the World, World Cup, Cup they did and it. play them played all at the same, at the same time. time. And that's what they're supposed to do. They literally give this reason so they are played at the same time. And then they're like, you know what? No, we want to screw over Seattle. We want Aaron Rodgers in primetime because we want him to be in the playoffs. We want the Lions to have nothing to play for. So we get an Aaron Rodgers playoff story and screw Seattle. Oh, yeah. And, and you know what? 
I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell you why I think there's some truth to that conspiracy theory of yours because it really isn't about let's see who wins. It really is about orchestrate. I'm sorry. I think it's about orchestration for like you would be directing a movie. Let's see what would be the most exciting. What's going to bring in the most viewers? How can we make the most money? It's not always about the game, but the game, in my opinion, won out last weekend. I think the wild card in all of this was the Lions coach, Dan Campbell, because he sometimes gets weird, but he has really taken this idea of the players coach to a new level. He is probably as this side of Pete Carroll, probably as good a motivator as there is out there. And he had those guys ready to go. And I think in the end, the way things worked out, the fact that the Lions really had nothing to lose for them helped them at the end of the game in crunch time because they they made some insane play calls that were big <laughs> <Yeah>. gambles that <laughs> were big gamble a hook and ladder on second and 17 oh, that was that, awesome. that got was them 16 so yards awesome. and going for it on fourth down what was it fourth and five or something like that instead of taking a, a field goal that would have put them up by seven they just went for it they knew if they won they would beat their probably their most bitter rival and knock them out of the playoffs. And that was enough motivation for them just to pull out all the stops and do it. And, dude, and that's going to be that it's interesting how many parallels there are between them and the Seahawks in some ways too, because that's a young team. A lot of people didn't give much chance and they actually have similar to the Seahawks. They, they traded their quarterback, Matthew Stafford to the Rams and got Jared Goff back for him, but they also got the Rams draft pick. The Rams collapsed this year, just the way the Broncos did for the Seahawks. So both, so the Seahawks make the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. The Lions had the same record, missed the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. Seahawks have the number five draft choice, thanks to the Broncos. Lions have the number six draft choice that they got from the Rams. So I think, and they play next year. The Seahawks and Rams, or Seahawks and Lions play again next year again. And I think that'll be another game that has playoff implications that when they play, we'll actually know we'll have playoff implications instead of this year when it seemed like a game between bottom feeders. <laughs> and the Lions, you could see they got under the Packers skin. Mm. I've been a Packers fan. They're one of my favorite teams historically, but in till last weekend because obviously I'm in <laughs> Seattle but you could see they got under their skin and you saw it with Quay Walker that was in fact let's just we can just look at what a, a knucklehead a of yeah. that <laughs> I will... what an absolute knucklehead what so what, what an absolute knucklehead yeah and for... I love seeing his coach being like you be smart just yelling at him to be smart yeah right there yeah well, the other play, I don't know if anyone's heard an explanation on this, but there was another play where the Lions were lining up for a field goal, and one of the Packers just started wandering down the line of scrimmage and punches the ball out from under the center's hands and then turns around and starts shoving Lions linemen and gets a penalty. Yeah, and give them a first down. I was like, "What? What just happened?" <laughs> and I, I, I do want to point out something that I think goes to the deeper story that we always like to look for on Sports Time Out is Walker's response. You could see as he's walking in the tunnel, there was they showed it. He's crying and he's angry at himself 
for his misbehavior. And he came out almost immediately with a huge apology that wasn't just a, I'm sorry, but it shows, in fact, we'll just defer to the pastor here. It shows the <laughs> attitude of biblical repentance. What is biblical repentance? Not just, I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry it offended you. I'm sorry I gave into the moment, but. No, I'm sorry if you were offended. <laughs> there you right. Yeah. yeah, it's the matter of true contrition. You know, when you come to that place and you recognize the error of your ways and the impact and the damage that, and the hurt that it had to others, and then you step up and you own it. And it's... who does that anymore? I'll raise my hand and say that I'll wait and see how genuine his apology is because part of apologizing is not doing it again. And this is the second time that he's done this year. He's been ejected twice for the same thing. So we'll see if. This time, well, the first time didn't yeah. involve a trainer, thankfully. Right, right. It, and I think you're right, Josh. And it has so much to do with what you learn in the process and how you deal with or not deal with the root cause and underlying issue. Because if you and you can be very genuine and sincere in your apology and your contrition in the moment, but if you don't then deal with the root issues or the causes, then yeah, then you do end up just history repeating itself, unfortunately. There you go. And People... maybe he has learned his lesson after doing it twice, and maybe this time it'll stick, but... I'm just, I'm going to press X to doubt until I, I see it from him. I think that's fair enough. Can I have another Seattle moment for just a moment? You had talked about Lions being a young team, Seattle being yeah. a young team, and um, just exceeding expectations. I wanted to, I sent this to you guys in, in the email because I thought it was pretty cool. <clears throat> in Seattle, there are three rookies that have made the all-star spanning three major league sports. We have from the Seahawks, Tariq Woolen, he made the all-stars. We have Julio Rodriguez from the Mariners, Joshua. And <laughs> we have Maddie Beneers from the Kraken. And the Kraken have been cracking the ice everywhere. They are undefeated on, a, on their largest road trip. But... This is huge for hockey fans all over North America. Boston is the team to beat. They are a crazy awesome team. Undefeated at home, undefeated in regular regulation play until last night when they met the very new 32nd team of the NHL, Seattle Kraken. Seattle Kraken's year last year was, oh, it was more missed than hit, but fun to see this new team, right? This year, they are owning it. They beat Boston in their own backyard, not only beat them, but shut them them out in regulation play three to zero that's almost my final shot <laughs> the kraken that was amazing <laughs> what the puck yeah <laughs> yeah it if if people have not and especially the pacific northwest have not really been paying attention to the kraken because their first year was not real great i think there were some maybe unreasonably high expectations for them as an expansion team because, because of, lots, of the night the, Vegas Vegas the gold, yeah. golden knights came as an expansion team and did they win the world win they, the stanley cup or, stanley or, or, lose, or lose the stanley they, but they got to the they finals. lost but they got to the final they got this so part of what happened too with that was that there were the expansion rules that the knights and the kraken operated under were 
new compared to in previous years. And so when, and they didn't come in at the league at the same time, the, the Knights had come in a couple years earlier. No one had, was familiar with the new expansion rules of who you could pick from other teams and trading for draft picks and all that sort of stuff. And they were able to acquire a lot of talent from other teams. And I think that... And it was almost uh, unfair. It was almost... Yeah, a, a put- but, but it also, the other teams, though, they learned. It's okay, so when Seattle comes into the league, we won't make the kinds of deals that people made with Vegas. And so the Kraken did not have the same advantage, even under the same rules that Vegas did. And yet year so two... They had a much more they had a much more typical first season from what you in just about every major sport when a when an expansion team comes in but one of the things that happened to the Kraken last year too is Matty Beneers who they had drafted last year um, decided to play his final year at University of Michigan in college so this first round pick that they had they didn't really have all of last year until about the last four or five games so we just got a flash at the end of the season of how good he really was now we're seeing the full season. This guy is is worthy Dude, of, of that number two. He's yeah. the guy who somehow he he sees opportunities, but he will take the secondary opportunity like a basketball player with the rebound shot. He is just yeah. really good and quick that way. Josh, you haven't even gotten to go to a game. I got to take you to one this year. Yeah, not yet. I'll get over there eventually. Part of me, I've, I said this when they first built the arena, part of me just wants to say I'm not going to this arena because it's ridiculous that they put it in one of the most high traffic areas in Seattle that <laughs> already is ridiculously difficult to get to and from. Oh, and, and can I can I give you guys another thing that you hear me complaining about a lot, but people around coffee. the country or who haven't gone to the <laughs> gone to see the Kraken at home can't know, don't know, but you'll love this. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Seattle is the coffee com- the coffee place of the world, the coffee capital of the world. Starbucks rules the roost here, and Starbucks is a major sponsor of Climate Pledge Arena. And yet, when you go to this ice arena, and it is cold in an ice arena, make no mistake, you cannot get a hot drink. No, Starbucks will sell pre-bottled frappuccinos, but there is no place to get a latte, cocoa, or even hot tea. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. This is brought to you by Michelle and her whiny problems. At any rate, well, yeah. If you want is... more complaining, I can, I can keep going on the, where they put Climate Pledge Arena at and the name and <laughs> the difficulty in getting there and the extra traffic that is created and all of the problems. I can wax poetic if you would like. Oh, can we get to the food? You haven't even gotten there, Josh, so you could eat the food. They have kimchi fries. And you're like, but if you oh. could just do your basics good. They have, they're not like they have a chef there making, they have pop rocks on the baked potatoes and i'll say i'm here for weird food choices kimchi i don't know my wife loves it but it's a little much for me i'm here for putting weird foods in stadiums i'm okay with that but i already have the feeling that when i'm in the stadium and whenever the hockey's not being played that I'm going to feel like I'm down in Portland or something. That is exactly (laughs) it, Josh. I am not kidding. And it's okay if you have these high-end crazy foods, but boy, do they have high-end crazy prices. And the food isn't that good. It's not made on site. It's like rewarmed by teenagers that they hired for just serving it up. So there you go. Behind the scenes. Spin a positive note on, spin this to a positive really quick on something is that, 
look at what the Mariners are doing and how great they've been doing things recently since they had some change in how they're running business. They have a, a value menu there where you can get cheap hot dogs. And they're cheap good. Soda. That's refillable, a refillable soda. Yeah. popcorn, various candies, whatever they and they have value ticket value games where you can get in there for well under 20 bucks a ticket. Portably, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Th- like they've made it accessible <clears throat> to take your whole family out and still be able to like you don't have to take the whole family out there and be like, all right, don't look at any food. Make sure we eat first. So you can go and you can go and get a hot dog for everyone. You can, they've made that accessible, and I'm really proud of what the yeah, Americans right. have been doing with that. And also this year, I don't know if you guys heard, but they're all opening the pen again. For every game, which is great because they were the last year it was annoying because you'd want to go to the pen and it was always booked out for a corporate, which is great. The pen is Josh, who are not from Seattle. It's like a standing bar area where you can go and you have some drinks and you can watch the game over the bullpen. Yeah, it's a great spot in there and it's awesome when you can get into it and you will be able to get into it every game now. Fans only, no more corporate events and. I wouldn't even care if it was a corporate event that much if it was like packed out and everyone having fun. But it's always these corporate events where it's just a bunch of stiffs in there that are like talking, <laughs> not really one- watching the game. It's not really packed out. There's no excitement. It's just it's like insult to injury. It's a bunch of people <laughs> enjoying the game. That's awesome. But when it's just a bunch of people that are like, ha our company can rent out the pen. So here we are in our three piece suits pretending to watch baseball. <laughs> yes, yeah, For a goal. That. I apologize for how I'm dressed. I was at a business meeting this morning. It's okay. We already raked him over the coals before we started. Is like, what? You don't have a tie on. Yeah, that's true. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. That's funny. No, we'll take you however we can. We love you, Garrick. I wanted to get to some other football news because, of course, we had the college big game last week, Top Dogs Georgia. Uh, yeah, that was, game. Oh my god, there wasn't even a game. They, oh my gosh, the frogs got ran over. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to Frog say. Frogs got squished. Yeah, <laughs> Georgia, uh, Georgia is a machine right now. I think this would be really. I'm not a big SEC fan because they, I think they set the direction for the for college football in a place that that is unhealthy. But I think watching what happens between Georgia and Alabama over the next few years will be interesting because I think Georgia can kind of lay claim right now to being the strongest program. There might be a three-peat if they keep doing what they're doing, and then it's like a dynasty. It's like watching the Patriots at the Super Bowl every year. Like, all right, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't much to say about that game. I was, what, 65 to 7 for Georgia and just dominated every phase of the game, and just the depth of their talent. I stuck it out through the first half because I was watching guys like Jalen Carter, who's on the Georgia's defensive line, who may or may not be available at the number five pick for the Seahawks. Probably not. <laughs> it's, yeah, it depends on how quarterback-hungry teams get ahead of them. But there's some guys on that Georgia defense that could look really good up here in Seattle next year. We shall see. Yeah, that was quite a game. There was also the Georgia-Ohio game where a big story, Nick Saban weighed in, that the refs made a mistake by overturning targeting call. In, the, in that game, and targeting has been a really weird one in college football 
as we're watching, in my opinion, watching, it's really hard if you're not familiar with the targeting. It's basically a crown of your helmet to the up, upper body, essentially. And so you're, you're ejected from the game, but it's difficult because if somebody lowers as you're coming at them, you're not targeting, right? They're trying to get targeted. You can play those numbers. It's indiscriminately called. It's been a real difficult year with targeting. And so one in one instance, they'll call targeting in the next one. Ah, oh, yeah, no, this is fine. So I thought you guys might want to weigh in on this. I wasn't I didn't catch up with what Nick Saban said. Are they talking about the when Marvin Harrison Jr. got knocked out of the game? Yeah, I believe for a, that's he was the Ohio State receiver at the back of the end zone. It was overturned. Yeah, they called targeting originally, and okay, yeah, I, I, I could not understand how that got uh, that got overturned because there were multiple elements that they look for. The crown of the helmet thing was maybe iffy, but there was there is also the element of the player being the offensive player being defenseless as he's going for the ball. I'm not sure it would have impacted that game. It impacted the game that Harrison was injured and was out. The ejected player, obviously Georgia won that game. I thought there was another play, I think the other semifinal game that I know my friends in Michigan were pretty upset about was that there was on Michigan's final possession when they were trying to come back to beat TCU the final play of the game, they reviewed it for targeting and they decided that it wasn't. And I, I thought that was as well, maybe not as blatant as the Ohio state one, but it, there's no, I'm not sure what, I'm not feel sure what like the there's fix, consistencies. At, yeah. At I'm not sure year. what the fix is unless they, the, if they just need to clarify, clarify the rule better, there's targeting in the NFL too. But I think with the targeting in the NFL, it's been applied more consistently. I think there've been some other problems. Okay with quarterback hits in the NFL that kind of are like calling penalties on pillow fights. But as far as targeting out in the yeah. field, I think the NFL rule has been at least better, more consistently applied. Do you feel part of it is that has to do with the, the level and the quality and the competence of the officiating? I mean, it... I think it, it's it because is. it's fairly... It's changed a bit and it's fairly new. They've. I don't think the rules are written the same. I think that's part of it. And in the NFL, too, you're not, if you get called for targeting, you're not automatically ejected from the game. And so there's a different dynamic there as well. Granted, you can't find college players for those hits like you do in the NFL, but, but I haven't laid yeah, the Yeah, take away their, their side, Friday but, night beer and pizza. Yeah. That'll or they're, 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 <laughs> penalize their NIL deals. <laughs> There you go. Another college story I thought was interesting on a couple of levels. We have a couple of the Football Hall of Fame. USC's Reggie Bush, Tim Tebow make the College Hall of Fame in this class. Tebow won the Heisman in 2007. Reggie Bush was in 2005, but if you remember, his for Southern California was vacated because of NCAA violations. And those violations were committed by U.S. football, men's basketball, women's tennis program. It wasn't Reggie Bush, but he bore the brunt, if I remember correctly. You guys may remember this better than I. But nonetheless, it didn't keep him from being in the 2002 class that was announced this last week. So congratulations to those guys. Yeah, I think that was a good vindication for 
something that wasn't his fault. And I'm glad that he received that honor. There you go. Now, I wanted to, we were talking a little bit about, we've been really focusing on football. And one of the big stories that America was paying attention to was DeMar Hamlin and that hit there. There was an interesting article by someone who has been on my program a few times talking about looking deeper into what stopped his heart. What was it that happened? Now, it isn't really the first time that this has happened, and there had been a lot of speculation on social media, conspiracy about vaccines and things. And the media has been very quick to say, now, look, this is the start of disinformation. Let's just really talk this through here. But we aren't. And that's where people like us can. Nearly every industrial country in the world has been reporting an increase in sudden cardiac events, sudden deaths, particularly in young people. And we really aren't talking about the urgency of the problem to investigate vaccine safety and the link between myocardosis, some of these, and this isn't just the only one. There was this week, rising MMA star Ria Lee died at the age of 18. We had during the World Cup, a reporter just boom, collapse. And it is rising. It is a problem. Sad Southern adult death syndrome is a thing. And so this is something that if we were talking about it, at least investigating and saying, hey, you know what? There's a rise. Myocardosis is an issue that's been taking place with vaccines. There's been a new study that 17% of teenagers had heart symptoms after their second Pfizer mRNA jab um, in a new peer-reviewed paper that says that. So if we were investigating that, we might be able to, gentlemen, say, oh, okay, there may be a risk. I'm not arguing maybe it was protecting people, but it's also putting people at risk. What can we do about it to protect people going forward? But because we aren't talking about it, we aren't finding solutions. Anyone want to weigh in, Josh? Yeah, it's something that we definitely have to have more open conversation about. I think that it's been politicized so much that we can't even have discussions about this without it being conspiracy theory and misinformation. No, we can't put yeah, and, this and, on YouTube where yeah. we usually put this show. We can't put that today or I'll have to edit this part out because they will say, nope, you're not allowed to talk about it. And we don't know with Demar Hamlin if that's the case. I've seen some experts say that this was something that happens. It's incredibly rare. But if but you get hit in the chat... If Yeah, if you get hit in the chest at the exact right time in the whole cycle of your body, then it can stop your heart. And that is what a lot of experts said that they think this is based on the way that he, he got up for a second and then just collapsed, that they think it was more that than a heart attack that you see with some of the, like, the myocarditis. So we don't know for sure, but I mean... Gosh, it has to be able to be a conversation, if not with Damar Hamlin, then with a lot of the other situations that we've seen. And a lot of the, frankly, there's just been an increase in it. And you're seeing articles come out, which is, this is maybe conspiracy theory, but you're seeing a lot of articles these days about why heart issues are increasing. <laughs> We're seeing heart issues blamed on everything under the sun, but the vaccine. I think the biggest issue not that you can't, we can't sit here and say any one case happened because of a specific reason. The biggest problem, though, and this goes, is, covers a lot of topics, is when you're not allowed to ask questions. 
And that's the opposite of scientific. And science is about asking questions. It is everything is about when you, you don't prove a theory in science, you work to disprove a theory. Because if it stands up to all of the things that you test against it to make it fail, then you can be reasonably sure that your theory is sound. And that's not the way ah. um, that's not the way the science is being done. I can't I'm not saying science in the laboratory necessarily, but it's certainly not the way it's being done in boardrooms or in Congress or in um, the media or and, the media. May I just throw in the God story here? Your worldview, uh, how you base everything on should be tested that way. And it's okay with your faith to say where Jesus, uh, where the, the Bible says, test me, try me, improve me. And so where Christ is concerned, where your worldview is concerned, whether you believe or not, test it out. Try to disprove your theory and see where it stands up because I will submit to you that the gospel stands firm and it stands strong and it's important to look for truth. It's okay to question what you think. Yeah, and I think one one other thing is that when ideas are suppressed, they grow in the dark. And what I mean mm, is well that put. what I mean is that if you are not allowed to ask questions, you're not your ideas are not out in the public sphere and you can't have a discussion where you can learn and other people can learn, and you can test what your test your belief that way. But when you start saying you can't say something, you can't ask that question. When it goes underground, a lot of times that's where things truly get radicalized, and where conspiracy theories that don't aren't based in reality happen. It's because these people have been shut out and shut down, and they're just going to go into their own echo chamber where things then really get distorted. Oh, I'll give you an example. I've, I'm critical of all vaccines. I want to know what's going into my body, and that's just me, okay? And I'm not saying that they're a bad thing. They're a good idea in theory. Adjuvants, I'm a little concerned about. That's me. That's okay. But during all of this, they had a rumor that was going and growing underground, as you say, Brent, about the vaccine and how it had tracking devices and the 666 kind of a thing. It was a mark of the beast and Bill Gates put it in. I'm not a Bill Gates fan, but they showed pictures of it online. See, you can see it. You know what that was? It was a guitar piece. It was a piece of a guitar. And you're going, yeah, okay. Somebody put it out there to mess with people. That's where bringing things into the sunlight, discussing things, debating things is a really good thing. And we're seeing in the back up another story a former ESPN employee is suing the company over the COVID vaccine requirement. And this is happening now in the aftermath of 2020 through almost 2022, where we're seeing people say, you required me to get this. And it was against my religious beliefs. It was against there. You cost me my job. You made me choose between ethics and people are tending to win in that. And that's an interesting one too. The thing is, that's the only place that people can go, unfortunately, because, and <laughs> the, way back in 2020, when they started pressuring it, I think rightly, but telling the vaccine company, the big pharma to hurry up, get to work on this, get make us a vaccine. And the price for speed was immunity. And the pharmaceutical companies that developed the vaccines, you can't really sue them. And so if you were forced by someone else 
say if you develop a health problem, you go to your employer instead. So there, there's always unintended consequences. Which is unfortunate, but it's also, I'm sorry, you force your employees. All of us have been, and still there are some industries that demand you to be vaccinated. It's really unfortunate. But back to sports, this is another interesting settlement. It is a ex-VT soccer player who was going to be getting a $100,000 settlement after defying BL, BLM kneeling protocol. And I found it really interesting. I'll see if I can pull up the article to share the picture and some of the article online for our listeners, viewers. But um, it, she was the lone player standing in when everyone else was required to kneel. And she said, and she got blasted by the coach during, during halftime. She got blasted publicly by the coach. The coach refused to play her, and they ended up settling out of court for $100,000. But it's another case of you don't get a chance to make a stand for what you believe. You must go with the going mindset, even though there may be some political issues and some underlying weirdness that we're saying, wait, I don't like this. Um, that's really what it's all about. But I thought that was an interesting news story. Anyone want to weigh on that before we get to our final shot? I think it's another one of those situations where, and people who've followed your show for a while know that I'm all about fairness and equity in that if it's good for one, it's good for all. If you're going to ban a flag, ban all flags, right? And here's another situation where you can have a voice, but it only you're only allowed if you're the voice that has been approved, right? Mm -hmm. So this is one of the great things about our country, and it's what we continue to stand on as a, an essential part of our freedoms is that freedom of expression. And if you're going to be able to express one thing, then you better allow us to express it all. Yeah. Put, gentlemen, it is time for our final shot, and I'm hoping Josh will give us his, if there's any Mariners updates as well. In the midst of it, our final shot, we just go out and give out an idea, something that we want to give a shout out to. Usually it's sports, not Final shot. Josh, let's start with you. My final shot, honestly, Let's just talk about how good a time it is to be a Seattle sports fan. Let's look around. Mariners made the playoffs, breaking the longest drought in all of professional sports. We have a rookie phenom in Julio Rodriguez, a team on the rise. Lots of players I could mention there. The Kraken, we finally have hockey back in Seattle. And the Kraken are killing it in second year with Maddie Beniers. And we have our first round pick from last year who's playing for the Canadian World Juniors. It's a, it, The Seahawks, despite trading Russell Wilson, are now in the playoffs Russell and have who? the number five overall pick. Despite, <laughs> you mean thanks to? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're in the playoffs and have a number five overall pick. That's insane. Everything around Seattle, the only thing we're missing right now is having professional basketball. Though, honestly, I don't like the product that is the NBA right now, so I'm not missing it terribly much. I would agree with uh, you, but don't forget we do have women's basketball. So, you know, the professional sports team that in Seattle that didn't make the playoffs this year was the Seattle Sounders, but they it, did win a big, huge 
oh my gosh, victory in the Copa Cup. So that was pretty cool. And don't forget too, the Huskies went from a bottom tier team last year. To now they're again a top 10 Are team they eight? in football. Wait, where did they end they up? They finished eighth. Yeah, eight. yeah, they okay. finished eighth. We're another. We're a top ten football team with UW again. So it is a great time to be a Seattle sports fan. I'll tell you that. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. All right, Brent. I am going to go with uh, the Seahawks receiver Tyler Lockett, who I think on the field, he's just amazingly consistent. He's the master of the toe tap touchdown catch and the second Seahawk ever to have a thousand yard seasons four years in a row receiving. The other one was Hall of Famer Steve Largent. But the reason who was I, honored, uh, by the way, at uh, Sunday's game. That hey, you're really stealing cool. my thunder. You're stealing my thunder. Up. You're stealing my th- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excuse yeah. you from this final shot. Yeah, You're, I wasn't going to mention the honor that Steve Largent got, but Tyler Lockett received the Steve, Lar- Steve Largent <laughs> Award, voted on by his teammates for being exemplifying the spirit, dedication, and integrity of the team for the second year in a row. And he also so not so that was from his teammates, but he also from the local media was voted the recipient of the Good Guy Award, which basically is somebody that that has been the media has found to be professional to deal with and friendly and open and engaging and not that guy that you dread coming up to at the in the locker room to inter- interview so just a quality person from everything i've ever heard about him and really glad that he's healthy enough to help him in the playoffs but i think these other things are bigger and it's just really cool to see i like it eric Ping. paying us my final shot sometimes you can give your final shot for something that they've done or something that they haven't done. And so I think my final shot, someone who deserves, in light of what you were saying, Josh, from a Seattle sports perspective, my final shot's going to go to Russell Wilson. Thank you, Russell, for getting us the good draft pick. Thank you, Russell, for helping to reemerge Geno Smith's career. Russ, you are a very kind, you are a kind and giving person this year. Just final shot. By the way, did you guys hear his press conference where he was talking about how this has been the most rewarding season and all the joy that came from this season? I mean... Oh, my friend, he's out of touch. We we talk about... How do you you say that with a straight face? We saw you this year. Like, I get that it's like overcoming adversity, but just be honest. Tell us this year was tough. Be a human being for for once. I know we appreciate that he can always be a neutral, but dude, it's time to put it in drive and show people that you're not just a robot, man. Yeah. Agree that it may be a come to a Jesus kind of thing. We might need to pray for our brother Russ, but But I do think he did have his, not as his coach, but Josh, maybe you remember the name of the guy. Wendy the Wendy Lady? No, it was a few years ago. He had a personal mentor that oh, passed yeah, away. Trevor about Moab. Trevor Moab. And I think that loss has impacted him Tremendous not having word. Trevor in his life the last few years. That loss and his marriage, frankly, has dramatically taken the rest that we knew into a whole new well, territory. Well, Trevor Moab was not only his mental skills coach, but his best friend. And frankly, I think he's probably the only person in his life that was telling him no. 
I think that now he doesn't well, have, he has a lot I of yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, him and Pete Carroll. And we saw what he felt about Pete Carroll and wanting to move on and the jabs towards Pete at times this year, early in the year before he started showing that he was not, he's not the quarterback he thought he was. Hey, but at least he threw more touchdowns than he has bathrooms. Yeah, he made it. He did beat it in the end. He got there. He beat the bathrooms. That pun was totally Uh. intended. Totally intended. Real quick question. Rumors are swirling. It really is just gossip. But Aaron Rodgers ending up in Seattle. Who's a taker on that? I think it's more likely he retires, to be frank with you. Okay. But the only reason that I think he's not going to retire is because I don't think he wants to finish his career on that like last that. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you yeah. go. Well, All right, he has my to final show that shot. He bring him there if he wants to do <laughs> yeah. that. My final yeah. shot goes out to you guys. Thank you for being with me week by week. This is the highlight of my week. I get to be with my brothers. I love you guys. And thank you for watching, listening, viewing. Sports is awesome, but winning in the game of life requires being on the right team. If you're on the God team, uh, you know what? It's always a winning endeavor in the end. Yes, there are struggles. Yes, there are setbacks in this times where the game doesn't go your way but in the end there is victory in jesus thank you guys for being with us today God bless you. like us and share us for more fun go to mymichellelive.com love it